Oh, the blessing is upon me. Say the blessing of Abraham is upon me. If you are blessed by that, can you put your hands together to celebrate Jesus today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, you're clapping like you're clapping for me. I didn't sing. Clap for the elevation praise of praise. <laughs> God bless you, Mofer. God bless you. Elevation praise of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor for me and tell your neighbor you're looking good. <laughs> Make sure you, you had a smile to it. Had a smile to it. All right. I needed to do something for me very quickly. And I want to welcome everyone joining us online uh, from all around the world. Can we, can we appreciate them? Please go ahead and appreciate all, everyone joining us online. Now, what, what was the highlight of your past week? I want you to think about it. Is there something that God did or something that just happened? Uh, what was the highlight of your past week? Can you, can you tell somebody about it? Somebody is saying, Pastor, I don't want to go there. Go there. Go there. Go there. Go there. Some, some, somebody may even be thinking, oh, it's not very great, but it's okay. God is here. Yeah, God is here. Okay, look at your neighbor and just share something. I'm giving you one minute of my preaching time. I'm very generous. Just one minute of my preaching time. Look at your neighbor. What the highlight of your, this past week? What happened? Was there one thing that you love to share? Just one thing. Somebody is still thinking about it. I pray in the name of Jesus that this new week is coming with new blessings for you. God will order your steps everywhere you go. You'll be at the right place at the right time with the right people, doing the right things and getting the right results. In the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout a better amen. amen. What if I told you that the highlight of my past week was trying to convince my daughters to rearrange their room? <laughs> <laughs> and it was, 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 was such a lot of work, you know. Well, put that one there, say, no, that, that's where I want it to be. No, it's not nice. This room is rearrange it. And well needs rearranging and rearranging. Uh, it's a major highlight. <laughs> praise God. I said praise God. But I want to encourage somebody here today who feels like a bit overwhelmed. Especially if you've just suffered a financial disappointment. A sense in my spirit, somebody here, somebody online... We just suffered a financial disappointment and your heart is heavy. You are in this service because God wants to break the hold of that spirit of heaviness and manifest himself in your life as the God that is more than enough. Oh, can I hear a better amen? amen? Somebody here today, you don't know how it feels when someone's hope is shattered because there's no provision. Or when somebody's uh, um, investment just disappears all of a sudden. From the beginning of this year, many people have lost funds and resources. Sometimes what you are banked on to say, I'm going to do this and do that. Some people made decisions to invest wrongly. Some, you didn't invest wrongly. Something just went wrong. 
I just need you to know that one of the things that God wants to do first is to take away that spirit of heaviness, disappointment, and hopelessness. And then from that point, when you open your heart to him, to trust him enough, and again, something starts to shift. Something starts to shift. You know what scripture says in Philippians 4 and verse 6? It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Say, let your request be made known unto God. He said, the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. When you allow the peace to come in and let go of the spirit of heaviness, you just start to see the hand of God in your life like never before. So I pray for that one person here who has suffered a financial misfortune and who has that spirit of heaviness or somebody, maybe somebody walked out of your life and it looked like God walked out and your heart has been heavy. Can you, can, you, can you join me as we pray for that person today? Lord, in the name of Jesus, we stand in agreement of faith as a church. Anyone online, anyone at any expression, anyone right here in the room whose heart is still heavy, based on a financial misfortune or a relational misfortune, we stand against the spirit of heaviness and we command you to go in the name of Jesus. We release the oil of joy and the garment of praise. We enforce shalom over your life and we declare the peace of God comes upon your heart and you will see the hand of God. This week, you will see the hand of God. I said this week, you will see the hand of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout a better amen. Amen. All right, somebody may be wondering that I'm so a bit casually dressed today. It's my casual Sunday. <laughs> I have like two casual Sundays every month now where I just and it's just to tell everybody that be comfortable coming to church yeah we're not a corporate church this is it's not a bank alright you're not going to resume work because the way some people prepare to come to church is as if you're going to resume work no relax yeah sometimes you feel corporate be corporate sometimes you feel just show up just show up just make sure that you are neat, you are together, you are not making anybody uncomfortable, you are not exposing your body. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you are good, all right? And you feel free. So that if you wake up late and you want to come to church and you can just grab jeans and t shirt, wear it and come. Don't give any excuse. My clothes is not starched. We don't need starch. You know, all kinds of excuses that people give. No, just, just be yourself. Yeah. There's no way existing in the Bible. Pastor must not tie to preach on Sunday morning. No. It's not a wedding ceremony. <laughs> We're here to worship God. Praise God. I said, praise God. Uh, so, now let's focus on the word. Because some people are still trying to process my dressing. Just focus on the word. Praise God. I said, praise God. Are you ready for the word of God today? We started a new teaching series last Sunday that we tagged, I shall not want. I've gotten all kinds of testimonies just from last Sunday's message. And I believe that God is shifting us uh, in a, to a greater understanding of the, the, what he's doing this season. We started last Sunday by emphasizing the fact that economies around the world 
are going through a shaking. Some are the brink of recession. Look out to us here in Nigeria, the Naira, uh, if it's a human being by now, will be a frustrated human being. Yeah, if Naira is a human being by now, it's a frustrated human being because the emotional roller coaster that that persona has gone through in a while, uh, you know, when, when, when you sit with your colleague and they say, you cannot sit here, go and sit there. I take you to the back. You know, there's a way you feel. Am I saying the truth? That's the way the Naira feels right now. Yeah. And, and many people here who trade and who trade in currency or trade in, uh, who need raw materials from abroad and all that is also affect our businesses. And it looks like the managers of our economy are also uh, at their wit's hand. Uh, and I hope they're, they're praying to God for wisdom. And we will continue to pray for them. Uh, but they need to do something urgently uh, to just bring some stability. But while all that is happening and while things are happening around the world, the word of God remains sure in the life of a believer. So we emphasized last Sunday the fact that David got that conviction as a psalmist. And out of Revelation, in Psalm 23, he blotted out, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It takes a lot for a believer to get to that point where you walk in revelation knowledge, where you are oblivious of all the happenings around you. They may look like not so great, but when you look inwards and look in the word of God, the Bible says whoever looks at the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. So when we look into the world, we gain revelation knowledge. It's beyond us. It's about what God is said to do in our lives. It's about his covenant. It's about his promises. The Lord is my shepherd. I emphasized last Sunday. It's not your boss that's your shepherd. Yeah. Your spouse is not your shepherd. Nobody is strong enough to be the shepherd of your soul. God is our shepherd. He's our source and our sustainer. We derive from him, and he has all it takes to sustain us. Only, we just need to believe in him and walk in his word. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So we'll take this discussion a little further today, and I've titled this, Terms and Conditions Apply. Terms and Conditions Apply. As we journey in the covenant of blessings, covenant of Abraham, we need to quickly signal ourselves about the terms and conditions that we need to pay attention to. Many people, uh, you know, get into what the world calls prosperity gospel or prosperity message. They, they, they get happy. I mean, the pastors who tend to preach the, this message from a very loose-ended perspective where they just say things unguarded and create expectations. And then people get uh, uh, to a point where they become a little frustrated uh, because they have confessed and confessed and now they are confused. Uh, they, they have prayed, uh, but nothing is happening. They've done all this and all that and it looks like the word of God is not working or God is a liar. And I tell somebody here today, uh, God is not a liar. His word works. It still works yesterday. It's working today. It will work tomorrow. The grass wither. The flower fades, but the word of our God abides strong and sure. And we need to understand it and work in the fullness of it to be able to get the full blessing of it. 
Because when we pick it, you know, here and there, and just try to skirt around it, we don't get the full benefit of redemption and the full benefit of the blessing of Abraham. Genesis 12 and verse 1, let's start from there today. Genesis 12 and verse 1. Terms and conditions apply. Now the Lord, now the Lord had said to Abraham, Genesis 12 and verse 1, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Here, God appeared to Abraham and commanded a blessing upon him. Abraham did not pray. Abraham did not fast. And that does not mean that prayer and fasting is not great. We do that in this house consistently and it's great. But what I'm saying is that the covenant and the blessing of Abraham is by divine election. God showed up to Abraham and said, I want to work with you. I want to cut a covenant with you and with your household. The only thing is that Abraham, you have to get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house. Condition precedent on the expression of God's blessings over the life of Abraham was a movement, a movement, a movement. A movement marked by obedience. The movement is not the issue. Obedience is the key word there. And prompt obedience for that matter. At any point in time as we walk with God, we must see the underlying factor that will help us to maximize what God wants us to do from time to time or the blessing of God upon our lives from time to time. So, God is committed to take care of you as his child. And he demonstrated and sealed these in the covenant of prosperity that he instituted. God is committed. The only thing is that when we look at that blessing, that covenant, that contract, that agreement, just like any other contract and agreement, just like anything that you and I sign on a daily basis, or when you look at an advert in the media and they promise this and that, they will still put it there, the terms and conditions apply. Because when it comes to a contractual agreement, people always want to protect their own interests without thinking of protecting the other person's interests. So the service provider, most of the time, wants to balance things out or protect their own interest by making sure that there will be some terms and conditions. In this case, God is the superior partner in the covenant of Abraham. He was the one that came to Abraham and said, I have the power of blessing, and I want to bless you. And his terms and conditions are not shrouded in secrecy. The only problem we have is that we have many believers today who are like the normal human being. You know, many of us don't read manuals. We don't read contracts. There's some entrepreneurs hearing me right now. You just tell your staff, go and read it. Read it. Tell me what is there so we can sign. In fact, some people have people who advise them. I just say, sign here. They will sign. Sign there. They will sign. Later, they will not. Ah, ah, well, you say I should sign. Hey, I said you should sign because I thought it was okay. It's the same thing today. Many people are sourcing their covenant to their pastor. 
Yeah. Can I tell you the truth? <laughs> it's good to listen to your pastor, but your pastor cannot be in a covenant for you. Yeah. You can't, it's not enough to say pastor said. Go and start it out yourself. Yeah. It's not enough. Look at it yourself. The Bible is a book of covenants, prophecies, promises, admonitions, and history. All wrapped up in one book. History for the sake of precedent. Promises so that we can have expectation. Covenant so we know God is not joking. Prophecies so we know what's ahead of us. All wrapped up in one book. And with that, God expects us to read it so that we can walk with him. But a lot of the time, we outsource the reading of it. We outsource the understanding of it. So we have a mindset, a minimalistic mindset of our understanding of, of the understanding of God. And we feel it's enough. And when that happens, we're left with no other option to take whatever is available. But as the world is changing, everybody has to hold God. Know him for yourself, understand him for yourself, follow him for yourself, interpret his word according to the seasons of your own life for yourself. It's great to be a part of a great church like this. But at the end of the day, we have an individual covenant with God that precedes our collective covenant. And how you're doing with your individual covenant is what you know, uh, determines how the collective covenant will work in your own life. And all of us have to take responsibility. And that's why it's important for us to emphasize the need to pay attention to terms and conditions. So God chose us, desires to bless us, and paid the price in the covenant of, of prosperity. But the believer has the responsibility of fulfilling the terms and conditions. Let me emphasize again, Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, the Bible says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, as it is written, curse is everyone that hung on the tree, he said that the blessing of Abraham uh, can come upon the Gentiles in Christ, Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the spiritual faith. The blessing of Abraham is upon the Gentiles in Christ. A Gentile is anyone that is not a biological Jew. So all of us are Gentiles. That same blessing that God pronounced in Genesis chapter 12 is upon you and I. We can walk in the fullness of it from time to time. But we have to pay attention to the terms and condition. The price has been paid but it, there, there are terms and conditions. The price has been paid, but there are terms and conditions. Every believer must live in the awareness and experience of the provision of the covenant, uh, but we also need to be aware of the terms and the conditions. Somebody say terms and conditions. Always applies. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Yeah. You know, as much as I love to talk about how God can help someone to enjoy the goodness of marriage, for instance, as a relationship coach, I, I will never underestimate the value of terms and conditions for a blissful marriage. Yeah. Nothing in this life is automatic. 
everything answers to terms and conditions. Terms and conditions. Terms and conditions detail the rules that apply to fulfilling a particular contract and that form an integral part of that contract. It governs the contractual relationship between the provider of service and its users. And I'm sure it's something that a lot of us, everyone here, everyone online, were familiar with. Let's quickly look at some terms and conditions for operating in the blessings of Abraham, maximizing the blessing of Abraham. So it's one thing to be called into the blessing of Abraham. It's another thing to be able to maximize it and make it the reality of your own life. Let's start with some conditions quickly. Conditions. Condition number one for operating the full blessing of Abraham. So that when you say, I shall not want, you're not just talking. You know what you're saying. Yeah, you know what you're saying. You're not just talking. When lack is staring at you and you say, I shall not want, you know the standpoint from which you are speaking from. The first condition of the covenant of prosperity and covenant of Abraham is new birth. New birth. New birth. A salvation experience. And as simplistic and rudimentary as that will stand, sound, is, 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 you can't do anything about it. Yeah. You can't do anything about it. When any man is in Christ, 7 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, it's a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. But that is in a spiritual sense. In a spiritual sense. In a spiritual sense. When any man is in Christ, it's new in a spiritual sense. We need to bring that newness into the earthly places. That newness in status must show by the manifestations of the blessing of Abraham upon our lives. New birth is prerequisite to enjoying the blessings of Abraham in his full manifestation. So Romans chapter 8, when you read from verse 15, from the New Living Translation, says, so you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now, we call him Abba Father. Daddy, that's what that means. In Hebrew or in Greek, it's Daddy, Daddy, Abba, Abba. Papa, that's what we call him. He said, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we're God's children. I don't know about you, but while I was growing up, as a young person in my father's house, it came to a point where I was so sure that my father was my father, even if the devil showed up to try to convince me otherwise, it's not possible. Yeah. Some of us don't need DNA. The DNA is staring at us like this. Every day. We can see. Yeah. You can, as in you come to, you know there's a point, especially if you grew up the way I grew up in a polygamous setting, there's a point that some things are going wrong. Maybe you have just been beaten black and blue. You'll be asking yourself, I'm not even sure who this is my father said. Somebody's father cannot be beating somebody like this. You know, and all that. And I have, a, I have one of my siblings who, who, when she has done something bad, she will come and be complaining. I'm not even sure if this is my mother's self. 
the way she's beating me. You know, some, of, some people are that bad. You understand what I'm saying? Some of them are not in church today. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm talking about people. <laughs> but, you know, even in that state of mind, some of us still knew that this person that is beating me is my father. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. It said the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Yeah. So even the devil shows up and says, you are not saved. You know I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. Say, I'm in the blessing of Abraham. Say, I have a covenant with God. Thank you, Jesus. So there's a conviction. Until you come to terms with your faith in Christ and you come to the realization that it's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. Is my father, I have no other. It has serious implication, and I, I will explain as we go on, so you understand that the new birth is a strong condition for manifesting the full benefit of the blessing of Abraham. Yeah. I have a father, almighty father, is the king of kings and lord of lords. He sits in the heavens and makes the heart his footstool. He rules and reigns in the affairs of men. God of all flesh, father of all spirit. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That is my father. That's the way it shapes my mind. That's the way it shapes my mind. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption. So we cry, Abba, Father. My father cannot own the universe and I'm struggling to own a plot of land. Uh, by inheritance, I should have real estate. I hope somebody's with me today. There's a mindset, you know, a mindset that being a child of God and knowing it, you know, will do something to you. It does something to you. It keeps your mind open to possibilities. You know, I say it often, that the mind of a man is like a parachute. It doesn't work except it's open. I don't care the size of parachute you hold. If you jump from a high building, and your parachute refuses to open, your next appointment is with the pavement. I hope you understand what I'm saying. You crash. Many people's faith are crashing today because their mind is not open to the covenant. They're not seeing themselves as a bona fide child of God. There's some kind of prayer you pray. We have to ask you, are you a child or a slave? Because when you are hitting your head against the wall, bah, bah, shagufu, shagufu, bah, you know, all those kind of religious prayer. Like, until I hurt myself, God will not respond. Are you a child or a slave? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about fervent prayer that works. I'm saying people who behave like magicians, they will cut themselves, they will do something just to make God listen. A child does not behave like that. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. There's a way a child relates with his father. The, 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 the New Testament Christianity is knowing God as my father. And it has a lot to do. Romans 12 and verse, verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing or the opening up of your mind to new possibilities of who you are in Christ Jesus. Without that, the blessing of Abraham will not manifest completely. Because you have all kinds of limitations and angles on, on, on your mind that's holding you back from wanting to walk with God fully. 
Glory be to God. The second condition, President, is what I call stewardship and accountability. Stewardship and accountability. And that, Jesus spoke about it in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, when you read from verse 16. Luke chapter from verse 16. The Bible says that Jesus spoke a parable. And he spoke a parable about a rich guy whose land brought forth. Before this parable, Jesus was addressing the issue of covetousness. Some guy came to meet him and said, tell my brother to share part of the inheritance with me. His brother happened to be the firstborn. And in those days in Israel, the firstborn took everything. Said, and Jesus said, beware of covetousness. Go and work for your own. Who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And then he now told them this parable. He said, then he spoke a parable to them. Uh, uh, the, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought to himself, he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops. So, he said, I will do this. I will pull down my bands. I will build greater. Then I will store my crops and my goods. If you notice, everything is personalized. That is the life of someone who does not have God in the mix. Everything they own is personalized. They literally could print their name on every asset. Just to tell everybody, back off. The work of my hand has brought me this. Yeah, I am the source of myself and the sustainer of myself. <laughs> so, uh, this guy said, my crop, my goods. And then verse 19 was where he got into trouble. When he said, and I will say to, I cannot hear you, I will say to, he said, I will say to my soul. So, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry like a Lagos boy or lucky boy. Yeah. This is what happens here on the island. Take your ease. You have hammer. Just eat, you know, drive a good car, show everybody, show, pepper them. Drink and be merry. That's, that's, that's what this guy is doing. He arrogated everything to himself. There's a spirit in this city. Everyone joining online, this is Lagos. Yeah. Lagos has a spirit. It is the show of spirit. Yeah. It's a spirit of covetousness. Looking for wealth by all means. And taking God out of the mix. And a spirit that does not care whether somebody else has had breakfast. When your table is overflowing. Yeah. That spirit came out of, you know, the saying that Lagos is a no man's land. And everybody's in Lagos to survive. So when you survive and you have, you know, and you are okay, you flaunt it and let everybody know that jungle has matured and there's another king of the jungle. Yeah. And it has pervaded the atmosphere over the years. And believers have to turn it around by demonstrating that the covenant of Abraham is not for show off. We are blessed to be a blessing. Glory be to Jesus. I said we are blessed to be a blessing. We are not blessed to oppress people. We are blessed to be a blessing. Say amen somebody. Yeah. <laughs>
Hallelujah. This guy got into trouble when he said, I'll say to my soul. God said, eh, I've heard you talk about my crop, my bands, my goods, and I was waiting. The moment he said, my soul, verse 19, he said, God, God said, you, you, you trespass, you cross the boundary. We will now see who owns the soul. And then God answered him and said, you are a fool. He said, today, I will collect the soul. I am the owner of the soul. Let's now see who will take everything when I take the soul. <laughs> Did you read that there? Yeah. When God calls somebody a fool, it's a compound fool. Yeah. Because all-knowing God, he has seen the person 360 degrees. <laughs> That's why I say it's a compound fool. Yeah. You know, it's one thing for human beings to call somebody a fool. When the God, all-knowing God, the creator of the ends of the earth, calls somebody a fool, that person is a complete compound, complicated fool. Yeah. And the person that qualifies for that here qualified based on the fact that one, it lacks a sense of stewardship and accountability. A steward says, all that I have, all that I am, I have received. The Bible says <laughs> that there's nothing that we have that we have not received. And if we have received, we should not behave as if we did not receive it. Blessing is what we have received. God's blessings is not totally a matter of achievement. There's no English like this, but you take it from me. It's a matter of receivement. Yeah. I'll get better with time. I'll be able to speak better English. But let's take this one like this. Yeah. Yeah. You, that you receive. We must accept that we have received not just that we have achieved. Paul said, I'm what I am by the grace of God. And he said, this grace is not even mine. It's a gift from God. And I receive that grace, then I'm able to do much. But some people today, you know, what do they call this? Uh, you see? I know. Yeah. I know you know. Yeah. And people even, I mean, and, and by the way, it's just an entertainment song as far as I'm concerned. And it's a great song for that matter. But you shouldn't allow certain things to enter your mind too much. So that when God has blessed you small, you now boga around town. You know some people, the way they walk, you will know that something is wrong here. Yeah. Something is already going off. Yeah. The way they just carry themselves. Yeah. Somebody said, Nebuchadnezzar in the making. Yeah. You know what happened to Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible? God had to teach him a lesson. Because he became too powerful for himself. I don't know why I'm saying all this today. Maybe there's somebody here. The devil is prodding you up to become a Nebuchadnezzar in your home or in your office. Don't allow God to deal with you. Yeah. It will not be palatable. The Bible is a book of history, like I said. So that you can read precedents. <laughs> God will help us in Jesus' name. Stewardship. A steward says... All that I am, all that I have, all that I will ever be, I have received from God. My resources are not mine. I hold them in trust for God and the people of the world. I heard that statement from a man that I don't even know, you know, how faith-driven he is. I'm talking about Bill Gates. 
And I shudder when I heard that, that statement from him many years ago in an interview. And I asked myself, how many spirit-filled believers half blessed or one of our hundred blessed can say the same thing? That the wealth that I have, I hold in trust for the people of the world, for the poor people of the world. I mean, it's a statement that's loaded. Some people don't have one over 1,000 of what that man has. They boga around town. Yeah, just their shoulders high. Nobody can talk to them. Yeah, nobody. The word of God cannot enter their heart again. This is a season to repent because as the world is shifting and the economies are getting in trouble, the people who will not pay attention to terms and conditions may be the first casualty. Pay attention to your salvation status. Pay attention to your sense of accountability and stewardship. You see, when you know that you are a steward, you are not the owner, you don't spend it anyhow. When God puts a demand on you, when he opens your eyes to see somebody in need, you are quick to respond. When God says, give to me, you are quick to respond because it's not yours. You are a steward. But if you don't have a stewardship mindset, you blow it anyhow you like. You know, you live anyhow. You even get indebted. You do anything. Because somebody that's not accountable will misbehave. I pray that God will rescue somebody this season. Luke 16, verse 10, before I move to the last part of this message, Luke 16 and verse number 10, it says, if you're faithful in a little thing, I'm reading New Living Translation, if you're faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. If you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven. Trustworthiness or faithfulness is ability to manage resources and to keep a stewardship mindset. Yeah, a stewardship mindset. You remember the parable of talent. When they came back, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. We gave you five, you multiply it to ten, and you brought it back. That's what God is expecting of all of us. These are conditions. I'll stop at two and I'll go into terms and I'll do two quickly. Don't forget two conditions. One, new birth. Two, can we go over it again? One, stewardship and accountability. Lastly, to the terms of the covenant of prosperity. The first one is generosity towards God and man. Generosity towards God and man. No one will maximize the blessings of Abraham without a generous heart, a generous nature towards God and man. And in the New Testament, we take responsibility with God for our freedom in Christ. We don't legislate principles of God's word. And there are rules that govern our generosity. In recent times, a couple of, I mean, the past few years, the message of grace has become very prevalent again. And I believe in the message of grace. I believe by grace I've been saved. 
through faith, not of myself, but it's a gift of God. I believe that it's not by my works that I get, you know, the things that I get alone. I believe in the grace of God and I believe in freedom that comes by grace. But any message that disabuses the mind of a believer from cultivating a heart of generosity and tells you that you are exempt completely from honoring God with your substance, exempt from, you know, uh, uh, tithing and all those things, those messages are not complete in themselves. And I need you to listen to me right now. Yeah. How do I mean? New Testament giving is freely you have received, freely give. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, 7, and 8. I'll read it quickly. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance of every good work. This is it. In the Old Testament, God instituted the Ten Commandments and the Torah to guide Israel, his family, how to live with God. We saw many things in the Ten Commandments. One of them is Sabbath, for instance. How do you explain to people who have been in slavery for over 400 years that they need to rest compulsorily so that they can last? Because in slavery, you don't rest. The slave owner must maximize his asset or asset. So they make them work consistently. Now God says, I'm bringing rules. Anybody that refuses to rest the first day of the week, just like I rested, God created six days and rested on the seventh as a precedent. He said anyone that refused to rest, stoned them to death. It was harsh. It was not good. But God did it to register something on their mind. And then the same way, he said, bring 10%. And if you don't bring it, you have robbed me. I'm going to deal with you. The rules that govern Old Testament is different from New Testament. In New Testament, we are not slaves. We are children of God. That's where I started from, new birth. We are not slaves. Romans 8 and 15. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We are not slaves. We are not the spirit of slavery. So, not being slaves, should that excuse us from resting? Because we are children. Now, we work 24 hours a day and we won't rest at all. Though in the New Testament, God will not command anybody to stone anybody from not resting, but he says, rest. Because there's a precedent. In the same vein, in the New Testament, God will not kill anybody for not paying tight. Nobody will go to hell for not paying tight. But, he says, honor the Lord with your substance, with the first fruit of all of your increase. We give in the New Testament what we call percentage giving, not out of compulsion, not because God is going to deal with us, but because we want to show him honor, love, and we want to maximize 
the blessing of Abraham, the tithe then becomes a con- one of the conditions precedent, not under compulsion, but something we do from our heart, under grace. Are you still with me today? Yeah? Something we do from our heart. That's why it says there that you should give, not grudgingly as of necessity. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. In Acts of the Apostles, uh, chapter, chapter 4, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, something very important there. Verse 34, uh, uh, no, no, Acts of the Apostles, yeah, uh, chapter, chapter 4, from verse 34. The Bible says, there were no needy people among them because those who owned land and houses would sell them. New Living Translation is what I'm reading. Would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. The guy was demonstrating a level of generosity. They called him son of encouragement. <laughs> he, he, he said he, he was from the tribe of Levi and came from the uh, island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. See, in the early church, they were not bound by tithing. They were doing much more. But they were doing it so graciously and so generously, nobody was under pressure. And they were able to create a level of equality in the faith community where nobody went to bed hungry. Nobody was homeless because they were you know, providing for one another. That's the kind of New Testament church that we want to be. That's why every year, like we're going into September right now, we make provision for, for people to go back to school. Yeah, uh, something happened. We had a flooding. Was it last year or two years ago? I stood here to announce everyone affected by flood. This is the, 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 the place where you register. At every expression, hundreds of people that will, will help to resettle, get a new accommodation, get your, your stuff back. That's, that's the church. That's the church. You know that we all come to church and we we'll go for each other and then you do your own, I do my own and then I get outside, turn, turn, see my car and then I enter, I drive off. I don't care whether you can even get home or whether you are going to walk. You understand what I'm And the spirit of Lagos makes you not to want to trust anybody including people that you have seen in church. But we need to help each other and help our faith by behaving properly. Don't dupe your church members. You are creating problems for real people who have real needs. Some people come to church like this, they are lying from the two sides of their mouth. Yeah, just to be able to get money. Don't be that desperate. The blessing of Abraham can never work in desperation. Yeah, it can't work in desperation. It can't work with lies and deceit. I need to trust God and then God opens the eyes of people towards me. I've had all kinds of experience under this blessing of Abraham. All kinds of experience. In my former pastorate at Day Sacrament Center, one day I was driving home after church. I've shared the story before. I saw a lady holding two boys and they were about to cross the road. And God told me, this car you are driving, you have to give her. Ah. From church to the house, I was thinking that day, Am I sure? Hey, I hope it's not the devil that's talking to me. One, because the car was still relatively new and I love it and I paid a lot for it. Yeah. This was many years ago. This was maybe about 16 years ago and I paid 2 million naira for that car. Yeah. It's a good car. If 16 years ago I bought a car for 2 million, that's a good car. 
Yeah. I got home. I told my wife, I'm not sure what I'm hearing, but this is what I'm hearing. I'm not happy about it, but you know, I want to obey God if it's God. And she said, let's pray. And we prayed and said, it's God. The first thing I did was, I don't want to cause any trouble. So I told my pastor about it. And my pastor said, tell the husband, not the woman. So I sent the man. All through the week, I was changing documents without anybody knowing. On Sunday, I told the man to meet me at the car park. Last Sunday, I saw your wife with your children just dragging. And God said, I should give you this car. This is the document. This is this. This is that. And the man called his wife. This is what pastor has. Yeah. And that was it. And that has happened severally, not just in car, but in other things. That's why me too, I can stay outside there. Somebody walk up to me and say, Pastor, God told me to buy you a car. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Yeah. But when you hold on to one car, this one car, and you are proud that you have been driving it for seven years, and God will never, can never talk to you about it. You may drive it for long, go. <laughs> no, let's just say the truth and let the devil be ashamed. <laughs> Whatever you hold on to too tightly as a way of blocking other things from coming to you. The church that will, mani- uh, that will uh, maximize the blessing of Abraham must be a generous church. And I'm talking about you. Your church, this church, is already a generous church. People wonder how we are blessed, how we are able to pull things off. This is a church that is generous. We bless people that we know, people that we don't know. The last project, health project that we had last month or so, people came from everywhere around Nigeria. Our NGO is open to bless anybody. All the kids on our scholarship in the NGO, they are not church members' children. Our own church members, we sort them out from our care ministry. The NGO is for outsiders. Yeah. Yesterday, I got an email from the manager of the NGO, our director there. He said, look, uh, we want to increase. We want to have 50 more kids. And this time around, we're going to Ogun State and Oyo State. Uh, next week or two weeks time, they're going to be having the exam for more people. And I think he said they have 150 kids already writing our exam to qualify to come on our scholarship. And out of the 150, they're picking 50. You know what it looks like? If you said, give me five of them, I'll take care of those five. Yeah, give me one. So we can raise it from 50 that they want to add to the existing now, maybe to 100 or 200, because our goal is to be able to have, you know, thousands of kids on that scholarship. And many other things like that. You cannot be in a generous church and you, your hand is very tight you will not maximize the blessing of Abraham like that. Is somebody still with me today? So, as I start to wrap this up, please understand, Proverbs 11 and verse 24, one of my favorite scriptures when it comes to generosity. Proverbs 11 and verse 24, very important. The Bible says, there is he that scatters and yet increase. There is he that we told more than is Right, but leads to poverty. Give me a message translation. That's a remix. It's like a song. It's very nice. Message translation. Yeah. Message translation says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. (laughs) He said, the one who blesses others 
is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. That is a term that is precedent to enjoying the full blessing of Abraham. So if you are still struggling to be generous towards God, how then are we sure that you can be generous towards men? Yeah, which is why I said be careful about anybody that says you are free not to touch, you are free not to give anything to God. The burden of freedom is responsibility. We are free, but we must be responsible. We, we cannot be free to the point that we don't obey principles again. The principle we conquer, yeah, we, we, <laughs> when we refuse to obey principles again, it will come haunting us. Yeah, we're free in Christ. Grace is at work in our lives, but principles must be obeyed. One major principle, if you will maximize the blessing of Abraham, is that you must cultivate a generous heart and be generous towards God. Be generous towards God. Honor him with your substance. Be generous towards human beings. Keep a heart that God can speak to. Let it not be only about yourself and your household. Your life is too big under the covenant of Abraham to be about only yourself. Abraham was asking God for a child. God said, Abraham, you don't understand this covenant. I will... <laughs> he said, in you all the families of the heart shall be blessed. So you can't be asking me for a son. You want a son... I want to give, I want to make you a nation. Yeah. Stop. How do I have to say this? Stop disturbing God about one small thing. Tell him to make you a blessing. You are too big to be too disturbed about a car. When God wants you to be somebody who is creating mobility for people. All over the world. Yeah. How somebody's following me today. Yeah. But it's a kind of mind that can accommodate that. And a kind of mind that is so stingy that will elude that person. That will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. So percentage giving of tithing does not qualify you for the blessing. It simply opens you up to deeper dimensions of it. What qualifies us for the blessing of Abraham is the blood of Jesus. And it's death on the cross. But when we come in into that covenant, we must obey the terms and conditions. We must live principle-centered and not be frivolous about our finances. Yeah. If not, we will not be able to uh, maximize the blessings of the covenant. Lastly today, one last term of the covenant is industry. Two terms are shared today. Generosity and industry. Two conditions. New birth, stewardship, and accountability. Two terms. Generosity and what? Industry. That time has gone where you will hear a message like this and you will be encouraged to go and bring all that you have. But go home and cross your leg and be waiting for somebody to knock the door and they have a bag of dollars for you. No. As we show generosity, as we give, we also exercise industry. We're industrious. The blessing of Abraham is looking 
for somebody to lay their hands on something so it can prosper. Don't put your hand in your pocket and say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You are not doing anything. You know, people think that just praying will make you blue. That means prayer warriors are supposed to be the richest people on earth. Are you following me? Yeah. Generosity and industry is how the blessing of Abraham finds expression. God putting ideas on your mind and you're not procrastinating. You're moving. You're moving. You're moving. You see an opportunity and God says that's your opportunity and you move. You think through a new product and you look for somebody to partner with to bring it to life. You see yourself on a career path and you are, you are on your A-game. You are bringing your A-game on consistently. Telling yourself, I must be the best in this field. I'm shooting for the first top 3% in the world. Proverbs 28 and verse 19, and I close. Proverbs 28 and verse 19, and I close. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread. But he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. Poverty abound today because we have many more people following frivolities rather than tilling their land. May God open your eyes to see your land. May God strengthen your hands to till your ground. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may poverty become a thing of the past in your lineage through the understanding of the word of God that is coming to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, may God open your heart up to be a blessing and not just to be blessed. And may God trust you. May he find you trustworthy and faithful enough for a divine promotion in the spirit. Thank you, everlasting Father. Somebody lift your right hand with me and say after me, say in the name of Jesus, I declare that I'm blessed. Blessed beyond the curse. Say, I'm not just blessed. I'm a blessing. So I declare that the blessing of Abraham is at work in my life. Is at work in my family. I shall not want in the name of Jesus. Declare to me, say in the name of Jesus, I am not afraid. I am not fearful. Say I give generously. Say my heart is open to bless God and bless humanity. Say every gift of God in me is gaining motion in the name of Jesus. Say everywhere I go, I had value. Say everywhere I go, I had value. Say the favor of God is upon my life. Say it's not just about my labor. It's about the favor of God. Say the favor of God attends to everything I do. Say my God orders my steps. Teaches me to profit. Leads me in the way that I ought to go. Say I enjoy the blessing of Abraham. Say financial frustration is far from my life. Say I operate under open heavens. I enjoy on time supply. Before the need arises, my God supplies. 
Say it again. Say, before the need arises, my God supplies. Say, financial frustration is far from me. In the name of Jesus, I shall not want. I shall not want. If you're blessed today, put your hands together, celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rest on your feet. Rest on your feet, somebody. Rest on your feet just for a minute. Rest on your feet. Rest on your feet. Glory be to Jesus. And everyone online, if you can stand, I want you to stand. I want you to stand if you can stand. Look at your neighbor for me. Say, it's time to be mindful of the times and conditions of the blessings of Abraham. Say, you are a child of God. Operate like a child. Not a slave. Be generous towards your father. Be generous towards everyone around you. Tell your neighbor, God wants to use you and make you a blessing. You will not run short in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift your two hands with me, everyone. Lift your two hands with me. And I want you to just say, Lord, I open up my heart to you afresh for possibilities. There's more in you than what I've experienced so far. There's more in you than what I've experienced so far. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Somebody, I speak to you by the Spirit of the living God today. God is opening up new possibilities. I wanted to speak to him about it right now. Say, Lord, open my eyes, open my heart. Help me not to be limited by what I have. Help me to see everything that I have as a stepping stone to a new horizon. Will somebody pray today? Say, Lord, put faith in my heart to trust you. Put faith in my heart to see myself as a blessing. Not just, as, not just a blessed person, but a blessing. Make me a steward of something bigger. Help me to be faithful in little so that more can be released to me. Teach me how to demonstrate faithfulness. 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 Somebody pray to God right now. Say, Lord, help me not to run another man's race. Somebody's asking, Lord, deliver me from comparison, unhealthy comparison. Yeah, unhealthy comparison. Deliver me, deliver me, Father. Help me to run my own race. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame. Father, we thank you for opening our eyes to see new possibilities. Help us to pay attention to the terms and the conditions of this covenant of blessing. We honor you, our Father. We honor you, our Father. Lord, release the spirit of generosity over your church afresh. Make this church like the Macedonian church. Give us a heart of generosity. Help us not to look away from the people around us. Help us to pay attention to the orphans and the widows. Help us to pay attention to the single parents amongst us. Help us, Father. Give us new vision of generosity. 
Give us new projects of generosity. Use us as a church and use us as individuals. We thank you everlasting Father. And we bless your name. Let Nigeria be transformed because of us. Let Africa be transformed because of us. Raise a new generation of believers without covetousness. Raise a new generation of believers without pride. Raise a new generation of stewards for your kingdom. And bless your people abundantly. Thank you everlasting Father. Thank you everlasting Father. Say in the attitude of prayers for everyone standing and everyone online. I love to pray for anyone here right now who may be saying, Pastor, I'm far away from God. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. Or somebody who may be saying, I said the prayer before, but I backslid into sin. The first condition precedent to walking in the blessing of Abraham is salvation through Christ Jesus. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. They made a curse for us, for it is written, causes everyone that hung on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles in Christ. I want to step into the maximum effect of that blessing. You need to be able to say, I'm a child of God, no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. If you can't say that boldly, then I just need to pray for you right where you are. And for everyone online, if you have not given your life to Christ or you said the prayer before but you backslid into sin and you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, I'd love to pray for you right now. Whether you are in the room or online, can I ask in this attitude of prayer that you just lift your right hand above your head and let me say a prayer for, with you. Let me say a prayer with you. Just lift your right hand above your head wherever you are right now. If you are online, go to the chat or comment and just put it there. I want to give my life to Jesus or I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Our officials are there. They will put a link there that you're supposed to click on so that you can connect with them. But if you're right in the room, can I ask that you lift your right hand above your head? I'm going to pray with you right where you are right now. God is going to come into your life and you will never be the same again. Never be the same again. Never be the same again. I'm still asking. If you're right here, you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's the boldest and the strongest decision that you can ever make in your life. We celebrate your heart of courage and integrity as you lift your right hand to Jesus. He is the Savior. No pastor, no human being can save another. Jesus is the Savior and is still saving souls today. If your hand is up, I want you to remain standing while every other person should please take your seat quietly. If your hand is up, please remain standing while every other person should, should, should sit quietly. Everyone that wants to be a part of the prayer, please remain standing. Remain standing. Every other person, please sit quietly. Sit quietly. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Everyone standing. And anyone who wants to join the people standing, please stand now. Everyone standing in front, at the back, I want you to say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today, I ask that you forgive me my sins and cleanse me from every unrighteousness. I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior, I accept your death on the cross of Calvary as the payment for my sin. Thank you for forgiving me. Fill my heart with your spirit and give me a new beginning with you from this moment forward. I declare 
that I'm a child of God, born of the Spirit, and I will live the rest of my life for you, the remaining days of my life. In Jesus' name.